Hello and welcome to another episode of the DH Effect, the Decided Heart Effect with me, Hillary, and we've got Sonia over there. We are joined by Tina Rexing, and I'm not going to give an intro today because this is my fourth take in trying to do it because today is all about imperfection, imposter syndrome, how we flip from one area of our life into another area of our life where we can find happiness and accept all of our imperfections and the beauty of all of the mess. So with that, I'm going to say, hey, Tina, why don't you tell our people who you are? That's a great intro. Thank you, Hillary. Hi, Sonia. I am Tina Rexing of the T-Rex Cookie Company. So if your first question is, why is it called T-Rex Cookie? Because we have big cookies, that is reason one. And two, my name is Tina Rexing. See that? See what I did there? So, so yeah, six years ago, I actually um, started the company. I, I sold my first cookie six years ago, May 2nd, I want to say at the Minneapolis farmer's market. And I basically just decided, and it goes, the story goes a little further back than that, but started selling the cookies at the Minneapolis farmer's market and grew a really nice big following on social media. So small business owners out there, if you're not on social media, jump into it because that's like the key to what I, I want to say had started my company to where it is today is that I developed a group of followers who totally believed in what I was doing and they have just been along for the ride the entire time. Um, so from a small business owner perspective, you know, if you put yourself out there and tell your, tell your story, people buy in on it and want to come along for the ride. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, Tina, it's really hard to believe it's only been six years because you have been everywhere. I mean, if it's not NPR, it's today's show, all the morning shows. I mean, the media has really gravitated to you. And I think it is beyond just the large cookies. It is a sort of inspirational movement. And for the decided heart effect, um, we truly believe that, hey, we all, every one of us has decided heart moments. You know, it's these points or these dots as the previous guest said, but, but the effect part is when do we take action on it? When do we embrace this decided heart experience and say, wait, I have to do something about this. And perhaps it's not one big moment, but a series of moments. And if I could just take you back into your history of um, corporate America, and what you were told, like, hey, this is where this is where it's at. And then you have these series of decided heart moments. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. So I started in corporate. My first job out of out of college was at Northwest Airlines. So I'm completely dating myself because that airline do, does not exist anymore. But like you said, it was like a series of like dots, right? Like points in time. And um, so like the first one is like when people tell me that, why are you baking cookies? You should be working, you know, but um Further back than that, I was a competitive baker. So when, and you'll find in my personality, my number one strength is competition. If you've never taken Strengths Finder, take it because that's very insightful into your personality. So my number one strength was competition and meaning I don't do anything unless there's scoring involved. I don't do anything for fun. I don't, I don't play games for fun. I need to win. I mean, my favorite quote, and I need, if this needs to go on a shirt somewhere, it's like, if you're not first, you're last. I think that's from a movie. <laughs> So I was baking in competition, taking the cookies into all my corporate jobs and trying to like get people to give me feedback on the baking. And I had a boss or like he she was like, you're going to be known for your cookies and not your work. Is that what you want? And of course, it's like, you know, OK, I'll tell you what you want to hear. You know, I want to be known for my 
awesome, sexy spreadsheets. I was really good at Excel and doing like fun, like financial models and stuff like that. So, but meanwhile, I kept baking. Um, and then, you know, I had, a, I was also, I did a little stint and uh, tennis instructing. So I was a professional tennis instructor for, for a few years and I got some interesting skill sets there. Meanwhile, as you go through your career, you put like certain skills in your back pocket saying, oh, I can, I can negotiate contracts. I know how to do this and I know how to do that. I think what kind of threw me over the edge, I wouldn't say it was like a, a one giant moment, but it was a pretty big moment when I tried to apply for a job and I didn't get it because the feedback was my ability to get shit done was a problem. Mm. exactly (laughs) this is a core and i i talk about it in my podcast a little bit i was trying to be a recruiter at target where i could recruit people and the the feedback from the hiring manager was yeah her ability to get shit done is a problem meaning and i totally understand it where in a corporate environment you need to sit down at a conference table and everyone has to agree and collaborate which is great knowing that my strength is to to drive the bus to get it somewhere versus making sure that everybody's comfortable on the bus um, was a skill I had, Um, but it wasn't valued at that time in that particular position. So that was a big one. I was going to say, I hear, I I don't mean to interrupt you, but I was going to say what I hear when, which I think many of us who have gone on to do different unique things here is basically too much. You're too much, Tina. Yeah. And I think women hear that a lot where you walk into a room and it's, you're too big of a personality or you're not what they want you to be. Um, You know, a lot of times I got feedback that, are you from New York? Because, you know, being in Minnesota, you're, (laughs) the personalities are like, shove you into this little box and stay in this little box. But I would be like poking holes out of the box <laughs> I'm like, let me out of this box um so people i would always think that i was from the east coast which was i always thought was a compliment um but yeah i i ended up taking another job out of big corporate into a small little company and in that job i had four bosses and and three job titles in six months so i think that's what really threw me over the edge saying you know what this is all of this is just not good for me. And that's when I decided to quit. And at that point, it was not like I had a plan of, oh, I want to start selling cookies. Not at all. I spent two months staring up at the ceiling, wondering what will make me happy. And, you know, eventually I figured out, you know what? People really like cookies and people like my baking. So let's start there. Um, so that's just kind of how T-Rex cookie was kind of like born. You know, to me, what's so intriguing, um, and I've recently discovered this within myself, it wasn't cookies, but it was something else, but that has been there all along. That superpower has been there all along. I love the story that I heard in a podcast that you did where you use cookies to entice or negotiate productivity. And so, and I I would totally be your employee, by the way, like you said, hey, you get this done by Friday, you're going to get some cookies and hence productivity happens, right? And this was like your superpower all along. It was just kind of breathing and inhaling and like ready to to shine. I also wanted to note too, that during that, that slumber of what to do next, you explored because what was really interesting and funny, like you said, Hey, I'm going to go get a motorcycle. Hey, (laughs) I'm going to binge watch games of Thrones. Like you settled there. I was wondering, I'm curious about that mindset of doing something big 
like purchasing a motorcycle? Yeah, I bought a motorcycle. And, you know, I think as as women, we kind of go through these, we call them phases, right? Or like, I'm going through a midlife crisis, whatever men do for that. And I bought a motorcycle just because I thought, because I knew I could, right? Whether or not I could actually ride it, which I was a terrible motorcycle rider. Um, the, the fact that you can just talk about having a motorcycle, but at the same time, I'm like, you know what, this is a really bad idea. And being, being honest with myself and saying, you know what, I really look badass on this motorcycle, but at the end of the day, I don't want to kill myself. So got rid of the motorcycle. And then I ended up, ended up getting a sleeve of tattoos. So <laughs> this is more, a little bit more permanent, a little bit more painful, but, um, yeah, in terms of like, just trying, you're dabbling in those little things that kind of think you make you happy. And being able to turn around and say, you know what, that didn't work very well. Um, being able to say that, you know, and but how would you know if it would make you happy if you don't even try? It's, you know? it's taking that risk. And that was so it's so funny. I, I was writing down as you were talking because I think that I see so often, I'd love to know if you can put your finger on this and, and if you've always been this way or if it's it, it has evolved, but this idea of what will make me happy. So many people that I talk to will be like, well, you know, I'm this needs to make me happy. This need, this person needs to make me happy. And you actually looked in. And I actually think that that's way more unique than you think it is. It's because that we're looking for that external, you know, if I do this, if I make this, if I, then I will be happy. And instead you were like, "Mm, nope, it's there somewhere. If I connect with, with my heart, with my passion, with that, has that always been there for you? Or is that something you came to? I think it's something you come to because you go to college and you're supposed to major in something that will get you a job. So you can get that, that ideal job that will make everyone happy. And then I went, you know, what, what is the number on that paycheck do you think will make me happy? And if if that number is there, what kind of car will make me happy? What kind of man or woman will make me happy? Um, how many kids do I want? Do I want to make sure that they're good looking kids? <laughs> well, what if I have ugly kids? Oh my God, will that make me unhappy? Um, so it's interesting that I ended up to a spot where I'm like, okay, inside, what will really make me happy? But you know what? When you get to that spot, it might not make other people happy. So that's one interesting moment where I got to that point where, shit, I quit my job. Tell my husband I quit my job. Did he, was he happy for me? No. <laughs> were, my, were my children happy that I gave up a six-figure salary because I was, I was internally unhappy and, and angst-ridden? Only to tell my kids that, you know, we're going to have to leave the country club membership. We can't have this. We can't have that. And we won't be going out to eat as much as we used to because mom blame mother for quitting her job. So that kind of family angst, I want to say, took a little bit of a toll on me personally, because I'm like, oh, as a female, as a woman, as a mom, your job is to make everyone around you happy. But what happens when you start making decisions from your heart, start to realize whatever that is, is pissing off everyone else around you. It's, it's a struggle. It's like, it's really hard to kind of manage that kind of um, complication, really. Oh, yes. Well, so what does allow you to do that? I mean, that real, like, what allows you to be like, trust me, (laughs) (laughs) we're going somewhere with this. 
you know, I went through a really long period of self-doubt um, when I did make that, um, that jump. And, you know, a lot of us call it imposter syndrome, where like, oh, do I really have the skills necessary to, to have made this decision? Um, but that competitor in me really need to, needed to prove not only to myself, but to other people that I could, I could get this, I can do this. Um, and there's, there's been steps along the way where I totally have fallen flat and completely failed. Um, but then there's those, those wins that you get. I mean, eight months into starting the company, I had all these Facebook followers that would come and visit me at farmer's market saying, oh, I love your story. Um, and then eight months later, I ended up like being asked to be on the Today Show, right? And that was not in my business plan. And that was that was the moment, that invite to the Today Show on December 11th, 2015, who's counting, whatever. Um, and I had to show it to my husband. Meanwhile, it took him that long from May through December to actually believe that that decision I made a year prior was an okay decision. Not a great decision. He said, it's an okay decision. <laughs> that was the moment he decided that T-Rex cookie wasn't a phase anymore because I could have taken anyone with me to New York to, to witness the me filming the Today Show. I could have taken my mom, my friends, but I took him to prove to him, like, look, they're sending a car for me. <laughs> we're gonna, like, you're gonna meet like these important people and we're gonna be on TV. Um, so I think that was the moment that the switch flipped for him. Like, okay, Tina decided to do this because it made her happy. But then at the same time, this is kind of a, like a legit business now. Legit. You know, I, I'm so resonating. All three of us are entrepreneurs and we fight harder to convince ourselves that we are on the right track until eventually we are so convicted of what we believe. This is what makes me happy. And we're all mothers as well. And the burden of shifting that my other people's happiness is a burden on me and I'm responsible for their happiness. And we've carried that baggage so long. And it's so, I remember personally the moment where I'm like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Like telling my family members, I'm sorry if that doesn't make you happy. It completely makes me happy. And I hope you find your happiness. <laughs> like <laughs> it's that separation and to not feel like it's, it's not a selfish move. And that as a mother, I'm empowered by saying, I am your guide to help you find your happiness, but I am not going to be, I am not part of, like, I'm not responsible for it. And, and that story of you, you know, that, that imposter syndrome and the husband and convincing and all that, it's, you know, it, there's still that validation that's needed, of course, because we're part, you know, the, the little family unit and we're all contributing. But then there's a, like that scissor cut of, yep, I'm on my way, guys. You're either on my train or not because this train's yeah. going, right? Yeah, you know what, too? And, and I don't know how old your kids are, but mine... Um... Mine were teenagers when they when I when I left corporate and for them to see that I was not tied to this decision for the rest of my life. Um, really, I wanted to open the door to to my kids to see, oh, hey, you don't have to decide today what you want to do for the rest of your life. And they've watched me kind of wander through my career and I want to make sure that they know that's OK. Uh, there's a lot of kids out there 
who are graduating from college or graduating from high school now who think that they need to know what they want to be. You know, ask a doctor right now who is performing surgery, is this what you want to be? And I bet you 95% of the time that person, that surgeon wants to do something else, but they're stuck there. Um, but I wanted to show my kids that there's no such thing as being stuck anywhere. Oh my gosh. This is like my heart work. Sorry, Hillary. Cause you know, I'm going to jump in. Like it's a lie. All of that is a lie where we tell, <laughs> and I'm shifting that cause um, by profession, I'm a college counselor and I'm a rebellious one because the linear path that we are saying to our kids, you either go this linear path or you're a failure or your life is going to feel, you know, like uh, unravel is such a lie. And Hillary, you're the one that taught me about life is in the transitions, a book by feeler, which is, which is so um, it's freeing to say, I designed my life and with the twists and turns, I'll go with it, you know, and uh, you know, Hillary, I don't know if you're going to, you're going to mention that life is in the transitions is it's all about that, that journey. You know, I actually wasn't thinking of it at that at that moment, but you're you're absolutely right. But what's really resonating for me as I listen to Tina is, you know, so often we get frustrated with people and we're like, oh, you know, this person's being a victim in their life. They're they're not making decisions for themselves and and their life is happening to them. And yet as mothers, so often we have created some of that because we've made everything happen for our kids. Uh And so I was just sitting in the beauty, Tina, of showing your kids from such a young age. Well, teen is a young Mm -hmm. age, but showing your kids like, no, you aren't a victim. You are, you have more control than you think. You don't have to settle. You don't have to be stuck. And by the way, mom is a rock rock star badass. I mean, all of those messages are just so incredibly powerful. And when we stop and think where I was actually thinking in my head was the Marianne Williamson, you know, who are you not to shine, Mm -hmm. you know, by, by shining, we allow other people to also shine. And so I think about this and I think, Tina, what I love and I'm so inspired by you is, you know, Target says to you, you're too much. And oh, by the way, I mean, could you share with our listeners how you come back to a little bit to like a Target screen (laughs) recently? So a little bit of a shove it there. But anyway, sorry, go ahead. (laughs) Um, What do you mean in terms of like coming full circle from Target, well, you know what? Target went through their own set of like changes after I left. You know, they the CEO turned over. And when I talk to my friends who still are at Target, they're like, oh, it's a completely different place now. Yes, yes. Um, and I, it kind of came full circle when a couple weeks ago, I am pitching my cookies to Target. <laughs> so it's, it's like irony, but not really because, you know, and that's a good, that's, that's part of the story. It's always going to be, you know, having my experience at Target and what it kind of taught me really, you know, brings me full circle. And then the fact that I'm pitching to Target and knowing that a lot of the people who are in the buying area are familiar with me because they would come and buy cookies from me at the farmer's market. So that's, that's kind of, um, it's validating, uh, to me in terms of saying, okay, had it not been for this person giving the feedback of, you know, my ability to get shit done is a problem to where I am today, had it been not for that person, I won't, I don't think I would be here today because, because I've used that as fuel. 
and you get you get the feedback that you don't know what to do with and it should be should be fuel for you to like make those decisions and make those changes in your life to to move ahead and to help other people you know inspire other people with the things that are happening to them you know you can take your woe is me moment today and say oh but i'm going to use that to help me tomorrow mm-hmm. you know um i remember before we we hit recording you were talking about the bucket a large bucket of feedback and that it became very heavy like and i think again like we're taught like feedback is good and we should hold on to that feedback because it makes us grow and develop but Perhaps that, that the ability to get shit done is a problem moment feedback was maybe where the bucket got too full. And I imagine you saying, why am I dragging this bucket? I'm dumping all of it. And it's an empty bucket. And now it's, and you said fuel, which I love. Mm-hmm. What, what is filling the bucket now? And, you know, your cookies unique. And, you know, what is fueling T-Rex cookies or, or perhaps something else? Hi. I don't even know. It's just funny because I, what fuels me today is making sure that I keep the momentum going and to, and as a small business owner, people are going to feel that need to always be relevant and always make sure that your product, for me, it's making sure my product stays at a high level premium product as well as the brand. So when I hire people today, I'm not hiring a person to just sling cookies and um, just stand there at my stand. I hire, and I actually put that in the job description, you're a brand ambassador and it sounds super cheesy, but at the end of the day, if I hire people who don't want to be there, it shows and that reflects poorly on the brand. And it's really important for small business owners to understand that you just don't want to get, I would pass over a million warm bodies to hire one person who is just excited about representing T-Rex cookie. You know, one of the things that I'm thinking of, actually, I, I really feel like you've delivered three messages uh, that that are so powerful and strong right now to me that I want to make sure we sort of put a bow on. And and before we, I mean, I, I feel like we could talk to you all day, but before we, we leave, I would love to also hear from you. So I'll, I'll prep you. Um, you know, I would love to hear what's going on with the cookies right now and about your new podcast. And I know people are going to want to know how to get your cookies. <laughs> so all yeah. of those things will be great. But what the, the main things that I'm hearing from you right now, you know, the very first one is making sure that you are connected, not just with your heart, but with your own knowing of, hey, what does make me happy? How am I feeling right now? Doing that check-in and really listening to it instead of being so busy with everything else and everyone else's feedback that you can't hear yourself. So asking the question to yourself is the first thing that I really heard. The second thing I heard is do a bunch of things in order to answer them and fail spectacularly and say no, and then say yes. And then all of the things. And it's okay if that was for a second, and then there's something else. Mm-hmm. And then the last one that I, I really heard was to make sure that you take whatever is around you that you can, other people's feedback, your own soul, your own heart. What is your fuel? What is your fuel? Mm-hmm. And then that let that be your guide and your push forward. Yeah. And to be kind of, and, and this is a thing for women, to be unapologetic about it. Because 
I don't know if it's a gender thing, but we're constantly apologizing for the decisions we make, whether they're good or bad. And, you know, I do I apologize when I fail? Yes. It should be really bad if I fail and I don't, you know, don't learn from it. I think that's the biggest problem a lot of people have is like, oh, I'm going to fail and I'm going to continue to do the same thing over and over again. No. Um, <laughs> and just to understand that if you don't learn something from your failure, then that's madness, really. So just continue to keep learning uh, from the things that you do that work and even from the things that don't. Um, so that's like one of the big things for me to make sure that um, I'm constantly driven and not sorry about it. Um, I don't know how, if you guys feel the same way when you, when you have a win and you're like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, yeah, yeah. That's, that's your t-shirt. Sorry. I'm, that needs to be the t-shirt. I'm sorry. I'm so awesome. <laughs> right. Um, and it starts so young, you know, when I, I coach you, you soccer and I'm talking about girls, the ages of six to, to 12 and I coach 16, but even the six-year-old girls say, sorry. And so mm -hmm. I think as, as role models, we really should be looking towards our, the young ones to break out of that habit because by the time we're mid forties, people breaking out of that apologetic you know, like my, my, we're apologizing for being so big. I'm so sorry. Right. I said, I'm, I'm, I apologize. And I'm, I cut that down right away. As soon as I hear it from a young girl, like, nope, don't even apologize. It's like, Oh, oops, learn from that. You know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I learned that actually when I was in college and I played rugby, I used to play tennis. Right. And when I played a lot of tennis and I, it just wasn't me. So when I went out for the rugby team and it was such a different environment where you can hit someone as hard as you can and you don't have to apologize. And the person you hit congratulates you for being such a badass big hitter. <laughs> if anyone hasn't hit somebody on purpose and got congratulated by the person you hit, you know, you gotta try that's it. like the best. You have to try it. Yes. Well, that it's funny because there is something to be said for that. And I, I'm, I'm like, oh, we, we just did this whole thing on Cassandra Speaks, which is about like the violence and blah, blah, blah. And it was really cool. But there is this thing in us that also needs, I mean, we have Sonia, who's a soccer player, Taekwondo. So I have my black belt. And there is something I always said, why are you doing that? And I said, because I am a better mom when I beat people up. <laughs> you want your kids to say, my mom can beat up your mom. And it's really true. <laughs> Physical strength. I think that, you know, we talk a lot about the emotional and mental strength, but you can't have that unless you know physically how yeah. you feel about things and what you can endure. And, you know, we all been through labor too. It's like, Hey, we have to embrace that physical strength. And I think being in sports or being in rugby and getting pushed around and being people up is part of that. It's, it's our boundaries too. Like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> You know, one thing I want to kind of touch um, on a little bit is women who don't support other women. And um, I don't even know like where to even take that topic, but it's been like weighing on me uh, since I started the company because in the food industry, it's extremely, ex extremely competitive um, environment for, for not only women, but for men too. But when you run across women who find you as a threat. And I ran into that in corporate as well. As as you progress in your career, every woman that you are 
running along next to think that you're after their job, you're after their position, you're, you know, um, I really struggle with that in terms of, of women who don't support other women. I'm curious as to how you guys want to, would address that. Man. Oh, she's flipping roles. This is like our podcast right here. Look at that. Look at that. Sonia, do you want to go first? Yeah, I will say um, when I decided to um, start my own company, College Confidence, and um, the, the independent college consulting industry was so protective. And um, one of my, you know, like how Cookie was a theme, I was always a nurturer. I was a compassionate person, but always people would always tell me, oh, that's so sweet of you. You're so kind. What else are you going to do with that? Like, what else are you? And I always knew like, no, that's me. That's my superpower. Actually, I'm going to change the world because I'm so nurturing and compassionate. <laughs> I didn't really get to own that until, you know, an adult. But what was happening was the other, and, and independent college counseling is, is a lot of females. And I would want to lean in, collaborate. What's going on in your world? How do we, um, I was always an open book and I never, I didn't get the reciprocal nature, but I didn't care because I wanted to show up for others and role model that collaboration actually lifts up the industry or the profession overall. And it, it makes us better professionals. Mm-hmm. And that the more that we can be great at our jobs, the more young people we can serve in this positive way. And I believe that full heartedly um, and I'm sticking to it. But yeah, I did get that, that protective, like, you know, um, mm-hmm. barrier. Yeah. And Tina, you know, it's funny. I'm going to get a little woo-woo for a second because I just really believe the older I get, the more I believe in energy. Mm-hmm. And so I look at someone like you and people love you because of your story. Your, your cookies are amazing. They are bigger than your head. People have to eat them and look at them and all of those good things. But it's your story that attracts people. It's your energy that attracts people. And my feeling is truly that if I'm out there and I'm in a, I'm living in a state of scarcity instead of abundance, people feel that and they don't want to be around that. And so I just try to open my heart up as much as I can and go, you know, it, the more that I live who I am, the more authentic I am, the more I'm going to attract that to me. And the more I'm like, Ooh, what about that person? Oh, then the more people are going to be like, I don't know, that person has a weird vibe. I don't want to be around them. So my business grows the more that I open my doors to, this is what I do. This is what this person does. I'm cool with it. Like whatever you choose, it's, there's, there's room for everyone. That's just my mentality. Yeah. That's, that's what I try to like instill in some of the small business owners that I I mentor is that don't look at certain people as your competitors necessarily, even though I'm super competitive. So it's kind of ironic, but, (laughs) um, but at the same time, you'd like use that kind of energy to kind of help everyone else. And, you know, it's like giving someone the recipe for a chocolate chip cookie, but they, they go off a little bit and change things around. I mean, I can give you, I can give you the recipe, but what you do with it is completely up to you. Mm-hmm. I think it is. And to, to your, to your point as well, I think that when we start looking at other people, you're, you say you're competitive and yes, you want to do better and all of that, but truly, I mean, if you get down to it and I say this because Sonia also calls herself very competitive, she's competitive with herself. Mm-hmm. Like it's mm-hmm. that, it's that fuel. It, the competition comes more. Yes. You want to do all those things, but you also, it's really about being the better, best version of yourself and being better and taking your business to another level 
um, than, than where it was before, I think. And, and that's an amazing thing. That fuel is so amazing. And it's fueled you. We tell our listeners where, what, what's going on right now. Cause it's pretty amazing. What's going on for T-Rex cookie. Yes. Oh yeah. So like I said, we pitched to target not too long ago and we're just kind of waiting to hear where and when and how many stores that they're going to try to get me in. Um, so we're trying to branch out into additional grocery stores too around the country. So even though we're in Minnesota, we do ship all over the country using gold belly. That's my, um, online shipping partner. And, we just signed a, an agreement with the Minnesota Lynx. So I'm an official sponsor for the Minnesota Lynx, which is exciting because, you know, for the first time last night, I got to see the T-Rex cookie logo on the big screen, you know, as showing as a sponsor. And one of the reasons I chose the Lynx to sponsor is that organization is really big in supporting women and minorities and they actually get out into the community and and speak out over injustice and and equality and they talk about um how women are treated and so i i you know as i grow the company i have to stay really cognizant of like what i want to represent and who i want to um to help and sponsor amazing i mean and this is the decided hard effect is that now you can really decide every step along the way how you do you want to show up in the world. What does yeah. T-Rex Cookie represent? Um, who are going to be the partners? Who's going to be at your stands? And every moment of that, that represent that's that to me is just so inspiring because it's not just self, like it's not just Tina in her quest of, of happiness and competition, but truly a movement. And the impact that we're so inspired by is that you are impacting communities now. And, oh yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, from a small business owner perspective, if you're not supporting the community that you're in, you have to start re rethinking your business model because who who buys your product or who's who buys your services? Those are the people all around you. And if you're not supporting them, they can't support you either. Mm -hmm. And if you the big thing is to bring these people along for the ride because they want to be part of your story also it's not just my story it's my story of growing because of people like yourselves who believe in the cookies and believe in my story too so you're on the bus with me whether you like it or not <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh thank you so much tina what a wonderful conversation and i'm i know that our listeners are going to be kind of absorbing a lot and reflecting a lot um, so everyone, you can find Tina's story. I would start at trexcookies.com. Um, her podcast show is also there. You, you, her story's there, um, all the places she's been. Um, also, um, and the podcast is called Cookie Jar Confessionals. I love and, that. <laughs> Great <laughs> name. And I just, um, I am planning to purchase um, cookies. So the Gold Belly, you can get the national um, shipping link on that website as well so everyone we really do hope that you've enjoyed this decided um the dh effect episode more to come your way on a weekly basis please follow us on instagram and facebook and you will get this podcast also on all the, the podcast platforms that you listen to apple google play spotify all those things so until then hold on to this conversation just a bit find out what makes you happy until next time, have the, the courage to live with a decided heart. Thanks, everybody.